0: Welcome to episode 33. I'm here with Jenny Men, my friend from high school. Hey, Jenny. Welcome to my show.
1: Hey, Ivan. Thank you for inviting me to your show. I've always been really impressed at the fact that you started a whole podcast. So thank you for inviting me. And I'm really excited to talk about whatever we end up talking about today.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's just give the audience and the listener some brief introduction about yourself. If you sure. don't
1: mind. Uh, so, my name is Jenny. Uh, Ivan and I met in high school, which was so many years ago now. It's kind of <laughs> crazy, right, Ivan?
0: is yeah, it I is. I think
1: it's been like five to six years, but yeah, yeah we met in high school, um... I guess we met through our uh, coach who I guess Mr. Duff was also like one of your uh, teachers Yeah. Um, and Ivan was really great there. So it's really nice that we get to come back and chat about different things. Um, I, as a person, um, I really like to be an advocate for people who are neurodivergent. So me, myself, uh, in the past few years since high school, I've gone through a lot of different challenges, like depression and anxiety, which are two things that I like to be really transparent about. Uh, So maybe that's something that I will talk to today with Ivan, you know, just the challenges of anybody's life in general. And uh, other things about me, I guess, after high school, uh, I pursued a degree in mental health studies. So I'm just about to finish that um, at the end of this year. So, (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's a little bit about me
0: yeah yeah so I just as you said you like deep conversation so I just go deep then um I guess just start off with some of your struggles and hardships growing up and uh, any other things you would like to talk about but like just start off with some of the struggles growing up and hardships
1: um I guess growing up and maybe Ivan you can relate to this, and I'm sure many people can, Uh, I guess one of my first struggles was just kind of being like the child of an immigrant. Mm. Uh, So that's always different. And like, my parents never really um, spoke perfect English, they still don't speak perfect English now. And I think like one of the biggest struggles was kind of like, do you want to assimilate to Canadian culture, you know, and be a little bit more um westernized or you know how do you find uh comfort or like how do you return to your roots of wherever you came from so ivan i'm assuming actually what like what would you say your culture is what culture do you relate to
0: uh like uh south south asian mm-hmm. okay. and um, uh yeah, yeah go ahead yeah um actually i guess i was a bit lucky in that sense I wasn't peer pressure to do something i didn't want to do and got my own freedom per se uh yeah. to do what i wanted to pursue so guess lucky in that regard but like um not really wanted not wanted to but like i was never westernized per se um just had my roots and uh, having my roots and a culture is really important to me so that yeah. still has stuck with me, so.
1: Yeah, and I think that's great. Um, And I think, you know, it's really interesting how I think sometimes on your podcast, and I do listen sometimes, and even when we were in high school, sometimes you would teach us a little bit about your culture, we would see in your updates on Facebook and stuff. And I think that's cool. And that's something that I haven't done. Personally, I grew up like, uh, my parents are from Hong Kong, and like, uh, I guess we do kind of relate to Chinese culture but because Hong Kong like you know the history of Hong Kong was like they were kind of um under British rule we are very westernized in general so I think that when my parents came here they just became more westernized and then now that I'm growing up and like they're growing older we're trying kind of to um go back to our roots And I think one of the big things is we can't really figure out how because we've lived here for (laughs) so long. Right. And um, uh, but one of the things is, I think, language. Language has always been a huge barrier for me. Like, obviously, I'm fluent in English, but uh, I'm not really fluent in Chinese. Uh, I can speak colloquially, but uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, one of the struggles that I'm finding right now is, like, I would love to travel there, and I have traveled to China and to Hong Kong in the past, but something that is really hard for me there is I feel like I don't fit in, I feel like I don't really know the language, and then, you know, you kind of are in this, like, area, in this gray area where you're like, am I Canadian? I don't really feel Canadian, but then I also don't really, really feel like you know, attached to my roots. So then you kind of have like an identity crisis. crisis you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, 100 uh, percent.
1: So, yeah, that was one of my challenges growing up. But like like you said, my parents were also really nice. They were kind of rationalized. So they never really forced me to do anything. Um, You know, career wise, you always hear people saying like, oh, my parents asked me to be a doctor or they yeah, want me to yeah. be a lawyer. Uh, or, you know, they want me to be an accountant. My parents were never like that. And I think we can relate to that because we went to an art school. So like everyone at our school was, you know, more like open-minded and we were all like, you know, we weren't trying to be doctors, lawyers or like accountants or anything. So that was a different environment. But then because my parents never gave me any pressure, I never really knew what I wanted to do. And still (laughs) to this day, I have no idea what I really want to do, right? Like, I wish that I was, you know, one of those people that had like a really direct goal, like, oh, I know I want to be a teacher. I know I want to be, you know, a doctor. I don't know that. I feel like I could do anything. And, you know, I'm just vibing, letting life take its turn. But, you know, the uncertainty is kind of something that gives me anxiety. I don't know about you. How do you feel about that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: Same. <laughs> like, what's the next path? What do I do? Like, I did this. It wasn't for me. So now what? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Why don't you talk about, um, like, I haven't heard from you in a while. So why don't you talk about some of the things that you've been doing?
0: Uh, for starters, just like the podcast, that's um main thing. And then, and then just personal development, seeing what, how I can be better, get to the next level. Uh, having a group of uh, community where I reached out and then just had like one-on-one coaching group coaching and stuff like that so I'm kind of leaning towards motivational speaking and
1: oh uh, wow that's great
0: those sort of that area now and then I did the art thing but (laughs) I don't know (laughs) doesn't seem like it's yeah
1: Art is a very, very difficult path I can relate to in that. Like I wanted to pursue it in high school too, but I feel like it's just so hard. It needs dedication, right? And it's not to say that we aren't dedicated, but I just feel like if you want to pursue art and you're not like 100% your heart is into it, then you can look at other avenues, right? And I think that you and I should both not forget that art is like so expansive right like even I would consider even a podcast is a form of art of course right yeah and so like you know maybe for you I remember that you were kind of into animation right like animation is not the only art and for me I really loved painting but painting is not the only art those are just like visual arts right like there's so many other avenues and even like no matter what kind of jobs we get in the future, like if you continue your podcast or maybe like you get a corporate job or like- Uh, Yeah,
0: actually, I I got a corporate job for now. right now.
1: Oh my God, nice, what do you do?
0: I'm the accessibility coordinator for Rogers.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, uh, Ivan, that's amazing. Why don't you (laughs) tell me about what you do? I have a corporate job too, I can talk about that after.
0: Okay, uh, so we just created this feedback which um we should have did long time ago, but anyways, <laughs> we got the initiative going, and just tracking like the customer feedback and having that feedback line where they send the emails and and then we assign it to different avenue avenues of different uh sites of the company, and then take it from here, so it's like uh inputting data, listening to, listening to calls and um, yeah, just helping them out for now.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, that's really great. And I think because, you know, you have personal experience as someone, you know, who uses accessibility, like, you know, devices, and in general, has, you know, experiences with accommodations, that's a really great position for you. Yeah. And I'm really glad they hired someone who has firsthand experience, right? Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't know if you know anything about the job that I do, but I currently work for the federal government. So the Canadian government. (laughs) Thanks. I started there as a student. I work in Indigenous Services Canada. Um, And right now I am a uh, junior program analyst. So I do a lot. No, (laughs) I just got lucky. Um, But I do a lot of different things. But I guess if I could boil it down to like one sentence. Uh, We basically like, actually, it's very similar to what you just said your job is, I just like, um, I run a general inbox. So uh, we get a lot of inquiries from like, all over the country from people who are indigenous, people who are not indigenous, and they just ask us questions about um, indigenous education, different grants that we offer. So we have a lot of different grants, like cultural centers, and we have language grants, we have like, Um, obviously like K to 12 education grants. So I'm Mm. just kind of like helping through that. And uh, it's been a really great learning experience because, you know, I feel like in high school, I didn't learn anything about like indigenous peoples, even when we were in history class or anything. So it's been really great. And I think it's always good for people like us to have a corporate job because it gives us some stability, right? And then like, it's such a... I don't know about you working at Rogers, but at uh, the federal government, there is a bit of flexibility. So I feel like when I have a a nine to five job, then, you know, you just do your job from nine o'clock to five o'clock. And then from five o'clock onwards, you can do whatever you want, right? You can like do a podcast, you can get back into art. And that's kind of what I was saying, Like even though we have, you know, these kind of strict corporate jobs, there's always ways to you know, try to incorporate art into your job and somehow, uh, and however you like. So uh, last year, I worked actually for Sanofi Pastor, I don't know if you know them, but they're like, a, they're like a vaccine company. Oh, okay. And I worked there for a year. And um, I guess my point of the story is like, my job was very administrative, it was pretty boring, it was a lot of data, and numbers, and like, um, you know, just organizing. But you know, I thought to myself, like, this job is kind of boring. This is not exactly me. Like, how can I incorporate some fun, some art into it? So I just, uh, I was a student at the time. So I just rounded up all the other students. And I said, Hey, do you guys like want to start like a newsletter? Uh, you know, where we could make it like kind of pretty kind of artsy, lots of colors, and like send it out to the staff, you know, like something that talks about like book recommendations talks about like news talks yeah. about what it feels like to be a student and we all, obviously we also did articles about like mental health and then we sent it out to the staff like once every month and we actually got pretty good traction and pretty good feedback from it so I guess that's to say like you know art is not just like one thing yeah. you can always incorporate it into like any avenue of your life right
0: yeah of course yeah, I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's I guess we kind of deferred, but I guess Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, So and um, then you
0: sorry. So and then you talked about your depression and anxiety. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Sorry if it's loud outside right now. There's a lot of Traffic <laughs> passing by. Okay. Uh, so let me know if you can hear me. Um, I guess the de- the story of my struggles with anxiety and depression are pretty long, um, but I can start with when I got an official diagnosis. So, um, back when you knew me in high school, uh, I yeah. didn't have a you know an official diagnosis, but I always had like a feeling that I was maybe like neurodivergent that, Mm. you know, like I felt sad sometimes and I felt very anxious sometimes, but uh, it didn't really get, I guess, prominent in my life until um, 2019. So that's when I was like in the peak of university. Um, And yeah, it just kind of came on like suddenly and um, it really felt for the first time like it wasn't just something in my head it was like Mm. an actual like illness it felt like a sickness right yeah because um I remember it so clearly it was like in September of 2019 and it just there's so many symptoms of depression that people don't talk about like it's not just like I'm sad and then someone says you know what are you sad about (laughs) I think the key right I think the key to depression is you're not really sure what you're sad about? Sometimes I wasn't even sad about anything. It was just a kind of general, like emotional
0: and overwhelming. Uh,
1: yeah, like an overwhelming emotional feeling. So like. I couldn't get out of bed for like many days or like, yeah, maybe I could get out of bed, but I wasn't really like being productive. I was falling behind in a lot of my schoolwork, which you knew me as a student in high school. Like I'm very type A, I'm always very organized yeah. and I'm like very focused. I want to look at outcomes, but like, I just, I just became a different person. Like I wasn't lazy, but I just couldn't do anything. Cause I felt like I had no energy. And then, um, this is where the anxiety gets in because I wasn't getting work done. I was getting more anxious about my deadlines. Right. (laughs) And like getting anxious about how to explain to people like what's going on because you know, I feel like even though it's really great that there's a lot of conversations now about mental health and depression, people still don't really <laughs> understand yeah. completely, especially when you're dealing with like professors, employers, yeah. Uh, yeah. family, you know, people who you're reporting to or have some kind of authority. It's always um, hard to have these kind of deep conversations. So when it when I started getting like, not productive and not being able to get out of bed, and I also had like other uh, physiological symptoms, like I couldn't eat. <laughs> and that was a wow. huge thing. Yeah, that was like a huge, um, I guess, like a, like a red flag for me, because I love to eat. I love food. And like food is one of the ways that like, I just find joy yeah. in life, like all kinds of different foods. So once I noticed that, you know, like, I couldn't eat. I wasn't excited about food anymore. I was very apathetic. Uh, I was like, okay, something is wrong. So I decided to. <laughs> so I decided to seek care. Luckily, my university, University of Toronto, was great. They're not always great, but in that uh, time, <laughs> I got lucky. So I got matched with um, my uh, clinical psychologist, and uh, they were really great. So I just got in there. And I didn't know what to say. As you know, many people who go to therapy, they're like, what do I even say? What do I do in therapy, right? I had no idea. I just got in there and I knew that something was wrong and I just got in there. And the first thing that I sat down in the chair, he goes like, hey, so, you know, just tell me what's going on. And I just start crying, like literally just like bawling. And then, you know, like after that, everything comes out. And then, um, yeah, I had multiple sessions after that. And that's when I kind of got a diagnosis, because I was telling them about my symptoms. And uh, my clinical psychologist, he goes, he goes, "Uh, how long has it been since you've been feeling like this? And I said, you know, like, you know, a couple weeks, and he says, Well, you know, according to the DSM 5, uh, which, if people are not familiar, the DSM 5 is like something that uh, clinicians use to diagnose patients uh, with a multitude of like different uh, mental health uh, conditions. Um, so, yeah, he was like, Well, according to the DSM 5, it looks like you could have depression. And obviously, we used many of the, you know, the scales. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you're familiar, Ivan, no. but you know, you know, the scales where they're like, Oh, rank how many days you felt like you couldn't oh, get yeah, out of yeah. bed. Yeah. Or like yeah. rank how many days you felt uh, sad or yeah. rank how many days your attention was poor. So I was doing a lot of those and getting like really high scores, which mm-hmm. obviously indicates that, you know, you might have a medical issue. So after that, there was a lot of back and forth because I wasn't sure what to do with my, uh, you know, I wasn't sure what the next step was. So yeah. like now I, I knew that I had um, generalized generalized anxiety disorder and I also had um, uh, depression. So yeah. I didn't know what to do next because there's a multitude of options. Like you could continue to get therapy, you could get different types of therapy uh, or, you could get like cognitive behavioral therapy for a long time. Or uh, what I ended up choosing was just medication. And mm-hmm. I know that like medication is kind of a topic that is not talked about a lot and people are sometimes afraid because uh, you know, there's this um, there's this thought in people's head that medication is kind of like for crazy people. Right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that, or like um, Once you get on medication, you have to take it forever. So people are naturally afraid, right? Also, because we might not understand what exactly is in the medication, because, you know, not all of us are science students. So sometimes it's hard to understand. Yeah. but eventually, with the help of my other doctors, so my actual family doctor, I discussed with everybody. And Ivan, I know you're very familiar. Uh, yeah. When you're someone who's neurodivergent or needs accommodations, yeah. your healthcare team is like your family, right? Yep. Like, yep, they need to be there with you every step of the way. And I feel like I'm always calling them. Like, I'm always <laughs> like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, <laughs> what do you think? And you know, you're, they're just kind of like, like your right and your left hand right so after i talked to them i just decided that medication was the right thing for me yeah so um i took uh antidepressants and that's a whole story in itself because that was like now it's 2022 so that was (laughs) like three years ago (laughs) and since then i've taken like so many different kinds because you know sometimes medications work and they work for a little bit, uh, you know, for like maybe a year, maybe like five months and they're really, really good. But then they might stop working. Right. Yeah. And then you have to try something else. So like the journey is never ending. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell people. But um, I think the message that I want to spread to everyone who, you know, has a healthcare team is trying to, you know, mend their mental health or even their physical health or any type of condition is I really, truly believe that the world of science is so fantastic, right? People, there's so many smart people out there like you and me and people who are even smarter than us who are constantly inventing new medications, new therapies, like new kinds of science and technology to help people who are neurodivergent or have any like difficult conditions. So I would say my message is don't give up. Like science, like you say, Ivan, is limitless, right? (laughs) And I think as we, as we grow older, there's going to be more and more solutions. Uh, And it's not even just medications, it's therapy, people helping each other, like, there's a lot of support out there. But the hardest thing is we have to look for it, right? And we have to continually put energy um, into, you know, finding these solutions for ourselves.
0: Yeah, so true. So true. So kind of, Guide us through a journey of how did you discover your passion for art and wanting to uh, take the mental health studies?
1: Well, um, I guess that's similar to my story that I just told. I always knew. Uh, even before I got my uh, official diagnosis that I did struggle with like anxiety and depression, but I just like was too afraid to get a real diagnosis. Right. So I always felt like a special connection to people who have struggled before, because I feel like people who have struggled with uh, mental health, you know, it makes you sort of a more understanding person. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But it kind of like, once you've been in a low point or some, you know, at you've been through a challenge, you kind of, I feel like it makes you a softer person and you're more able to listen to the stories of other people and also to just, you know, be there for them and like be understanding. So I always felt that I was that kind of person and also helping others gives me a lot of joy And hearing other people's stories and sharing my own stories and uplifting others has always given me a lot of joy. So I felt that I always knew that, you know, in my heart. So this was just something that I wanted to try. And then, you know, once I got into the first year and the second year and I took all the courses on like um, health and I took I learned about all the different conditions, the mental health conditions and. I started learning more and more. I, re- I realized that, you know, this was something that I wanted to get involved in um, somehow in some kind of capacity. I still don't know exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, yeah. I used to want to be a therapist, but I think now, you know, that I have a corporate job, uh, I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> and a lot of people can relate to that. We're not sure about what we want to do. Yeah, uh, but then, yeah.
0: And then the art piece as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Well, art. I've always loved art and I think art like especially when I was little when I had more time as a child um, art was something that was like a hobby to me and it made me happy and it also was like an emotional release you know what I mean like uh because I was like a really nerdy art student like I didn't (laughs) only draw like sometimes when I was little I used to like write poems or like write songs and stuff like that I don't do that anymore because I'm not good enough at it. But, you know, um, when I was younger, like, art in all of its forms was something that was very, like, soothing to me. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Ivan, but when I was younger, I was really, really, really sick. So, when I was, like, yeah, when I was, I think, from the time I was, like, six to when I was 13, I had a kidney condition. So... Yeah. And yeah. I had to get like major surgery for it, like a biopsy and everything. And yeah. for years I was on like prednisone, which is like a steroid. Yeah. Um, I'm on that. <laughs> I did not like it. I hope you're taking the tablets because the when I was younger, I took the the liquid and it tastes so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's tablet, yeah, for my muscles.
1: Yeah. And I so I can totally relate to that. And so for years I was kind of like it's hard to be a young child and have a medical condition because you kind of don't get to be a child, right? Like you have to really grow up really quickly. And I think that maturity and that struggle has always stuck with me, which is why I like to share my story about that. Um, So yeah, like, it was such a, I forgot my point. But yeah, I was like a really sick kid. So I felt couldn't really do sports because I was always like pretty ill yeah. um so art was kind of like the one form of something that I could do that was like you know an emotional release that made me happy that didn't involve a lot of movement because I was in the hospital so much yeah and maybe that's why yeah I ended up liking art so much um but yeah like it's hard right now because I want to get back into art, but you know, like corporate jobs keep us busy, right? Yeah. yeah. From nine to five. And then even after work, we stress about our corporate jobs for the next day and the weekend is like too short to do Mm -hmm. anything. So I do want to get back into art, but I'm not sure how. Yeah. Same. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess the next thing that I'm thinking of is I really want to take a pottery class or like a painting class or something. So maybe that's something you can look into too, like a special (laughs) type of class. But yeah, I guess it's just hard because, you know, like, you know, the corporate job takes so much time and then like, also it's expensive, Art classes are expensive, but I hope that we both get the chance to do that because I think art is really important. And it's really like, it's just like, when you use your, you know, your mind or your hands and you put together a piece by yourself, and, you know, at the end, when you look at the final product, no matter if you think it's good or bad, yeah. you still did something, right? You yeah. still made that. And yeah. it came from your head onto the table or the piece of paper or whatever, right? Yeah. And I think there's something magical about that.
0: And to end it off, uh, what do you, in your own words, what is limitless and being limitless and having that mindset mean to you?
1: That is really interesting, Ivan. Um why don't I start by asking you, like, I think limitless is like your word, right? Something that I haven't heard until I, you know, reconnected with you. So why don't you tell me what limitless means to you first?
0: Okay. <laughs> Putting on the spot, eh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like um, not giving up, going beyond and realizing your full worth and you can do anything you put your mind to.
1: Wow. That's really beautiful, Ivan. I like that. I personally, I guess limitless to me means something different. Like, I wished that I felt confident enough to say that I could do anything. I wish I had that confidence, but I think I'm still working on it. <laughs> like, as an adult, like, I still don't think that I could do anything. Like, and I think that's my anxiety talking. But I think limitless means to me is like, I find limitless power when people are able to connect, right? When people like you and me and other neurodivergent, other like normal people, like anybody of all age groups, you know, when we are able to connect and share our stories and find meaning uh, in each other's stories and find connection, like, you know, just telling each other's stories and then being able to be like, wow. Like we're so different. Like maybe I'm a lawyer and you're like an artist. But you know, I believe that every person, no matter what they do, they they have some kind of human connection to each other, right? Yeah. And I think that's what limitless means to me. Like the human connection is limitless. We could do anything. And I think the population of people would be better if we all just tried to connect with each other and realize that we're all human, right? We all struggle. We all go through different challenges. And if we just share our stories, then all of us would feel less alone
0: like the high school musical the song you like
1: (laughs) exactly I can't believe you remember that exactly we're all in this together right we all struggle we all go through challenges life is freaking hard bro like life is hard sometimes it's fun of course but life is hard and we all need to realize that as humans and trying to uplift and help each other
0: yeah and then lastly but not least how can our listeners and audience contact you?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't technically have any social plugs right now. But if your listeners are interested, they can always message me um, on my Instagram. So that's Jen men. Uh, I don't know how many ends I think it's For J E N N N M E N, but you can tag me Ivan uh, whenever you're, you know, editing this post. Um, I also have another Instagram. I don't know if you follow me there, Ivan, but it's called Slice of Jen. So slice, like a slice of cake. Of Jen, and you can share that one if you want. That's kind of where I share, you know, little tidbits of my life and more openly about, you know, everyday struggles, everyday happinesses. And um, more where I just share about like my mental health and different, you know, problems and challenges like that. So that's where I get a little deep. So yeah, followers can always um, follow me there. But yeah, that's all. Awesome <laughs> and then. I would also, yeah, so. <laughs> thanks Ivan, I would also love to plug, I used to work with them last year, but I don't know if you're familiar with them, Ivan, um, jack.org. So it's a Canadian um It's a Canadian foundation uh, made uh, for promoting mental health and wellness. So I used to work for them as a director of administration last year. So if anyone is interested, it has some really great resources on mental health. And yeah, that's what I would love to plug.
0: Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for coming. It was great having you and chatting and reminiscing about our past and catching up.
1: No problem, Ivan. Thank you for having me. I'm so proud of all the work that you've done in the past years just to improve yourself. I really admire, you know, like your open, I guess just your openness and your willingness to keep trying even though, you know, you've been through a lot but I really admire your positivity and just keep going at it, Ivan. You're doing great.
0: Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode 33, Dealing with Adversity with Jenny Men. I hope I was able to inspire and motivate you guys in your journey of having a limitless mindset. I would love to know what resonated with you. And please help me spread the message across by tagging me on your Instagram stories at Limitless YvonneThePodcast at L-I-M-I-T-L-E-S-S underscore I-V-A-N. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast over at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Your feedback means a lot. Thank you. And remember, stay limitless.